Today we'll recap the cricket game, episode 210 in this official ABC Once Upon a Time podcast. I'm your host, Estomageki, and the creators and executive producers of Once, Adam Horowitz and Eddie Kitsis, are here to guide you through their vision. Hi, guys. Hello. Hi, how are you? Welcome back from your uh, holiday break. Happy New Year, everyone. So what's the major theme running through the cricket game? My feeling was that the theme was focused on our capacity to change. Well, you know, I think a lot of this is about Regina's struggle to re-enter society, to be the best version of herself that she can be, and at the same time being, unbeknownst to her, being pushed and pulled by her mother who has arrived. While we look back at the time in her life where she once had the choice to be contrite for what she's done and move forward and chose not to, and we see see an irony, an irony between a woman who once made the wrong decision and a woman who's now trying to make the correct decision, but forces are conspiring to once again put her into a difficult spot. So just running with that theme, when Emma invited Regina to Granny's diner celebrations, she really stood up for her. And Emma said, I couldn't have changed if I wasn't given a chance. So she gets one too. Yeah, I think, you know, what was interesting about all of that for us was at the end of episode nine, it was so heartbreaking when Regina watches Henry go off and have dinner with everyone and Gold says, well, maybe someday they'll invite you and today is that day. And you see how hard it is for Regina to be in a place with a bunch of people who she's really harmed and who have a lot of resentment toward her. But I think what Emma's going through is, you know, I've had to do a lot of changing. I started out one way and uh, the first time my son came to my door and knocked on it, I denied I had one. So I think now that she's back, she is a believer. She just spent nine episodes surviving to get back to Henry. And now that she's back and reunited, I think she's beginning to question, what does this mean? Can I be a mother? And I think, you know, it's interesting because you have Mary Margaret wondering, how do I mother someone who's 28, who has been my best friend for the last year? And you have Emma wondering, how am I going to be a mother to Henry? And at the same respect, Regina, she's giving her the benefit of the doubt because she saved her life. And I think that that's what's so heartbreaking about the episode is Cora realizes that all it would take is just a little little spark to have everybody, you know, want to light her on fire again. I really feel for Regina in those scenes. Yeah. Especially the exchange that she has with Emma outside Granny's Diner. And she's obviously really upset that Archie has betrayed her, even if it was an innocent betrayal. Yes. Well, I think old habits die hard. And in that moment, you see how hard it is for somebody to change. And I think that's what's real about it is you know she really was giving up magic she really was trying to earn Henry back she really is sitting there alone feeling uncomfortable and in that moment you know she feels vulnerable she's wondering what secrets and weaknesses did he tell her and she snaps but I think what makes you know the evolution of Regina is the fact that she then quickly apologizes well let's be fair it wasn't such an innocent betrayal. He's a shrink. He should not be giving away secrets. He shouldn't be talking about that. He made a mistake. It was bad. Did he deserve to have fake death? No, but that was quite an infraction. And as Regina rightly points out, he got his degree in a curse. So, you know, there might be some flaws. To be Archie. fair to Archie, he was going to get kidnapped regardless. Yeah, maybe in fairy tale land there is different ethics rules, but uh, in our world, a curse PhD is, is not as good as a, as a real one. I will say that although a cursed PhD, Archie has been a great therapist to Regina, and he has been a good conscience on a lot of our characters. I think he has been very helpful. But I think on the ethics side, he's slightly lacking. Maybe. Maybe he lost his conscience I think there. if we looked back at I just it, don't I, think we should look at all the bad work he's done. I he's done he, a lot of good Archie work. Archie has he done great work. Mistake. I think he helped 
Henry in wonderful ways. I think he helped Emma in wonderful ways. I think he helped Regina in wonderful ways. But I also think on an ethics level, he was sharing things here and there. And if we look back, you know, maybe we're starting to realize the cursed PhD didn't cover the ethics portion of it. Exactly. He skipped but, that but class. But as far as a, yes. a helpful person and a conscience and someone who has the best interests of his patients at heart, there's no doubt Archie is a good-hearted soul. Can you talk about Cora framing Regina? Well, I think, you know, for us, the whole idea was Cora, her plan was, my daughter, the curse will be broken, she'll have nothing. And she comes back and the first thing she sees is she's been invited to a dinner with Snow White, her nemesis. And even though there's that little altercation with Emma, that lets Cora realize I need her a little more receptive and I need to break her so that I can be the one that brings her back again. And that's her plan and it works because the minute there's any doubt for Regina, everybody but Emma immediately blames her and thinks she's done it. And even Emma at the end believes in the frame job. And I think that's what's so sad for Regina. She really was trying. And once again, every time she tries, something happens to her that sends her back. Later in that episode, after interrogating Regina, Emma is convinced that Regina didn't kill Archie, though. Yeah. So she has that sixth sense that she actually loses after seeing the vision, after using magic. Yeah. Is that an example of magic coming with a price? Yeah, I think magic has a price, but I also think magic can be used to deceive you and it can be used to manipulate you. And that's what we see Cora doing in the episode. She's manipulating Regina and she's manipulating everyone here. So she's actually getting Emma to question her own best instincts. And Snow and Charming are only going on the history they have. And the, the history they have with Regina is one that is really rather clear. So Emma is fighting against all reason. And what she sees and what she conjures up with magic from Pongo is real and it is correct. She's just not seeing it the way it was meant to be seen because magic from Cora has obscured it. And I really feel a correlation to Rumple teaching Regina there. Yeah. It's just a really interesting comparison. Emma felt that she'd changed. Regina's in the process of change and there's a lot of complementary themes between the two of them. Absolutely. And I think, you know, Rumple, when he sees something in someone, I think the reason that when they came to him, he said, you're going to do it, Miss Swan, is because at the end of Nine, he was alerted to the fact that she has magic and he wanted to test it. Is it true? Because who knows what he could do with it. That's true. There might be an angle. Exactly. There's always an angle with Mr. Gold, even if we don't know what it is. And when Emma accuses Regina of Archie's death, Regina is actually surprised that Emma used magic. Yes, I think that is a shock to her because I think one of the things Regina's always known is she practices magic and snow and charming do not, which always gives her a leg up. And we talked about it just a moment ago, Emma's price, the one that we referred to earlier, the price of magic. Was that really Emma losing her instinct? I think the price really is what Emma says at the end, which is they both lose because things were starting to get better for her son. Regina was changing for Henry. She saved Emma's life. There was a chance at reconciliation. And the price is not just their relationship, which was just starting, which to be honest at this point is, is very raw. It is the one that Henry is going to have to endure to find out that his mom failed him again. And Emma doesn't get any pleasure out of that. And I think in a lot of ways that, that really shows how she's becoming a mother to Henry and that she puts him first. And in Storybrooke, when Regina uses her magic and disappears in that moment when she's so upset, was that the moment that she became as Cora so cleverly designed broken? Well, you know, I think that remains to be seen. It certainly appears that Cora got pretty close to what she wanted, but Regina's journey is continuing and it's now getting much more complicated because of the, uh, the presence of her mother. 
And she doesn't just disappear. She actually disappears and then watches her son's heartbroken as yeah, he's being she, told by she, she just, you know, leaves the scene of this confrontation. And then the real heartbreak, the real breaking of Regina that we're seeing happening occurs when she sees Emma tell Henry, not only is Archie dead, but Regina killed her. And Regina knows that's not true, but she has to watch as, despite her good actions, she's suffering yet again. It is a beautiful complexity to write such an evil character and then have such empathy for her. Well, it's no fun just for someone to be evil for evil's sake. Going back to fairytale land past, at the beginning of the episode when the blue fairy immobilised the evil queen's magic, was timing involved in that immobilisation? Absolutely. If you go back and rewatch the opening, the guards come up and tell the queen that Snow is travelling alone, and of course this was a trap. And so that's why she says now. And it's kind of similar to the way they trapped Rumpelstiltskin, just appealing to them in different ways. They put bait in front of their uh, prey that they know they can't refuse. So for Rumpel, of course, it was a deal, and he had to sign it with a quill. And for Regina, it was the fact that she could, you know, kill Snow White. And Regina's father has always been incredibly loyal. Yeah. Uh, yes. He's really been the one character who's always stood by her. Always. Yes, President Fillmore. Yeah. Uh, you know, that is why he unfortunately had the heart she loved most, which she had to give up for the curse. He has always kind of been a conscience to her. He has always kind of, I think, felt guilty that he didn't stop Cora more because he knows his daughter should have had a life with somebody she loved and not the one she's living. In some ways, he's a pawn in a much larger story, one uh, that we're... Uh we're hoping to tell more of soon. Was Regina's reaction to her execution out of fear or was Snow correct when she said that she saw a woman who didn't want to appear weak in her final moments? I think that is exactly what it is. I think, you know, if she felt like she was going to be facing defeat, she was going to do it with her head held high. And I think there's also an element of anger in there of just that the ones she hates so much are defeating her. I thought I saw a moment when she was going to do as her father said. It, Am I reading the, into it? You're, you, what you're doing is, I think, you're in the place of her father, which is the father watching that scene sees that moment and hopes that's what's coming. The tragedy is that moment was never going to come. What's boiling her blood is all that she says in that speech that she wishes that she could have killed Snow White. And I think the reason is she's looking out at all these people who are lining up to watch her die, and it makes her sick to her stomach because they're all there to kill her. They all hate her, and that hate, you know, as we know, she's got a temper, and she wasn't going to give them the satisfaction then. It's almost like their hate is reflected back in what she says. Exactly, and she wasn't going to die letting them think they beat her. Rumpel seems very pleased when he's sort of milling about in the back in the crowd, especially when the Evil Queen explodes into hatred. Well, I think Rumpel likes a good show. I think it is obvious that he was there for a purpose, and that purpose really uh, is that deal with Snow White. Because, you know, it seems to me he needed the Queen alive. It's like he had the plan all along. Yes. And Snow says to Charming just after that scene that the evil Queen was good, but she changed before, so why can't she change back? I think there was a time in Snow White's life where she looked up to Regina, and even if it was just for few brief weeks, she knew what she was before when she was in love. In fact, it was Regina who told Snow White what true love was. And I think she believes that if she tries hard enough, she can bring that person back. And if she could do that, then she would, I think she'd feel better about herself. She's not a murderer. She, that isn't what she wants to do. 
And I think that is exactly what you're seeing on the other side, which is you're seeing a Regina who really is trying to get back to that woman who was, you know, in love with the stable boy. Except Emma has replaced Snow in wanting to stand by her, at least in the beginning. Yes, exactly. You have a mother and a daughter trying to do the same thing with the same person. And Snow's deal with Rumpel was interesting. Can you talk about the protection spell and the scene between Snow and the evil queen? What Rumpel has done is he's made it impossible for the queen to kill Snow White. And in many ways that answers a question, if anyone had it, of why in all the years in fairy tale land, why she came to the wedding, why she never just killed her. She couldn't. And this was a result of Rumple manipulating things. He was able to take, you know, the blindfold and take her hair and to be create a protection spell. And this punishment is in many ways a worse punishment for the queen because she couldn't get the vengeance she sought. And this allowed her to kind of be steered toward the course of enacting the curse. I think it also fills in a lot of the gaps, like you said, especially when we see so many scenes of her sort of plotting around Snow White and Charming to destroy things. Yes. I also thought what was interesting was Charming saying, as long as you're alive in this world, you can't hurt us. Yes, it seemed to me he was hinting toward a curse, wasn't he? And then she leaves to go to the wedding where she's going to come in and say, sorry, I'm late, and then go to Maleficent's. And Rumpel plays both sides. He protects Snow and Charming, and then he goes and visits the evil queen and says to her that she can get them in another land, that he was very specific in his protection spell. I think Rumpel was, you know, he was clearly pulling the strings. He needed to get to this world. He needed to find a son in a land without magic. And back in Storybrooke, when Cora reveals that she didn't kill Archie, I was incredibly relieved. Yes, and we love that Cora realizes, before I go into this strange land, I need a little information. And it appears this man has information about my daughter and who knows who else. And so how exactly did she pull that off? She replaced him with someone else. Yeah, she killed someone as she says, I don't know who it is, I just got here, made it look like Archie's body and some poor schmo is lying on the floor of Archie's office. When we saw her choke Archie, the smoke filled the screen. She sent Archie off to the ship and then she found a, uh, a body to put in his place to make it look like him so everybody would think he's dead, which they do. So what's your favorite scene or moment from the episode? For me personally, it is when Snow White goes to visit the queen in jail and she lets her out and they have that great moment where they're talking about their past and Regina's saying that person is gone, stop trying. And Snow realizes in that scene, there is no more trying. And when they send her off, they're not going to kill her because they realize the worst punishment for Regina is just failure. And that is how we pick it off. And I just think the scene between the two of them was so great because you really felt like they had this history and you think back to all the episodes they've done together and everything they've gone through together. And I really think it came out in that scene. Yeah, for me, I think it is the execution scene when she's standing there and she gives that speech. And we just see in that moment the hopelessness of her having regret for anything she's doing and the anger and the pain and all that welling up in there and the mercy in Snow White all coming together at once. I love that scene. So we have a couple of Twitter questions for you. Sarah Egan at PhoenixHeart93 asks, wouldn't Mr. Gold be able to use a tracking spell on Bay's ball from episode 19? I noticed that Gold had the ball in his shop. Well, unfortunately, I think that ball just looks like many different balls. And I think we will be explaining what he has of Bayes. And Anna Carolina Latouf asks, 
Hey guys, if Regina left Storybrooke, would she also lose all of her memories? No. Regina is, because she enacted the curse and doesn't have new curse memories, she is who she is. She could theoretically leave and be fine. Perhaps she has. Who knows? Yeah. We'll have to keep watching. Yeah. Emily asks, Mary wears a key necklace. I wonder if there's any significance to that. I would say you never know on this show. There are a lot of boxes that require keys. There are. There are things that are locked that need to be opened. Yeah, sometimes they're sentimental, like the swan necklace around Emma's neck we found out was actually a keychain. True. By the way, everyone was commenting online about the blue dress that the evil queen was wearing. Everyone loved it. Yes, Eduardo Castro, as always, a master. So, Eddie and Adam, thank you so much. Thank, thank you. you. And thank you, everyone, for listening and tuning in. If you'd like to be part of our next session, please add your question to our podcast post on the Once Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash onceabc, or tweet me your question at Estelle underscore MCG. Please join Eddie and Adam next week and tune in to Once Upon a Time, Sundays, 8, 7 central on ABC and available the following day at abc.com. Thanks so much for listening. <laughs>